right, so everybody knows by now our podcast wants to make Solo 2 happen. Uh, not sure how likely that is. Maybe Han Solo appears. I mean, Alden Ehrenreich's star is rising, you know? He's getting a lot of acclaimed praise for his role in Oppenheimer. His own directorial pursuits seem to be gathering buzz. Um, so we'll see if he returns to Star Wars, but we are going to talk about Han Solo here, James, but a bit different than how people look at Han Solo. Typically, I think when people think of Han Solo, they think of his bravado, his humor, his brashness, his bravery, all these cool moments about this character uh, that has been quite fleshed out. But I want to talk about the tragedy of Han Solo, and we'll get to that in a bit on our main discussion. So people probably see the title. What do you mean tragedy of Han Solo? What are you talking about? The only tragedy of Han Solo is that they didn't make a second solo movie, which is true. But I do think it's fair to label Han's ending as a tragedy. Um, but we'll talk about that later. James, first of all, how you doing, man? I see you're wearing the uh, Paul Sung-Yung Lee sweatshirt. Oh, yeah. Bitter Asian cool dude. dude, man. Are yeah. you are you a fan? You're not, I'm sure. But did you ever watch The Last uh, Airbender? No. Never watched the anime? No. I, I, I don't really watch anime. That's the thing. Yeah, I mean, I don't. Look, if if you're gonna break it down, I had a conversation with this this uh, one time with someone at um just it was a store it was like a store clerk and we were talking about anime. I was like, they were like, do you like anime? And I was like, I used to like anime when you when you could say, yeah, I like anime, and that meant that you probably watched like twenty five percent of all anime that was in America, <laughs> mm. <laughs> and it was like you knowing about it or being aware of it like meant that you were into anime being into anime today is like saying um i don't even know like uh i like i like to cook but it means like you're not even anywhere close to having like knowing all recipes or anything like that it's just there's so much out there it's impossible to keep up with everything um but i i mean i don't really watch it either i watch anime as if like somebody said it was a really good show mm-hmm. you know like oh are you watching uh um gray's anatomy know, like for, for all mankind or whatever you know i'm like i'm like oh no i haven't i haven't watched that i'll i'll start watching that or something like that it, i just picked up the last airbender because people just went on and on about how good of a show it was I was like, all mm-hmm. right, I'll check it out. But anyway, all that to get back to the point is that he is playing a very important and pivotal character in that show. That's what I heard. Um, yeah. One that like, I mean, they could change things around, but I, I don't think they're going to. They're going to keep it pretty loyal. But like, he's a character that like is in like episode one and is in, you know, the final episode. Like he's all the way through the series. Um so and it and it's really cool to see him do more outside of the Mandalorian because I think most of us were probably introduced to him either from that or Kim's convenience and we all and the people who know him from Kim, Kim's convenience obviously love him too from that like that show's great he's great yeah. in Mandalorian can't wait to see him play that person well, also in, you know we've Air had Bender. him on the show and he's a great guy just yes yeah yeah through and through like he interacts with people on social media and like just he was so such a genuinely 
nice guy and uh, I'd love to have him back. I, I know he's uh, getting a bit busier and probably even more popular, which I'm happy for, but uh, a great, great guy. As everyone knows, we're not here to, you know, reveal how awesome he is. Everyone knows that by now. <laughs> but uh, one thing about Carson Teva, his character is not dead. Very much alive in Star Wars, which is a good thing. Uh, but just to break the ice here, James, by the way, welcome everybody. Resistance broadcast. You know, it was a bit of a cold open, but um, <laughs> thanks, thanks everybody for joining us on this episode. Um, so hopefully you are subscribed to the show on your favorite podcast app or our YouTube channel, uh, wherever that may be. Um, Lacey will be with us on Thursday for TRB Live uh, as she's easing her way back into full time. Uh, but we are here to uh give you a good podcast to kick off your week but james to kick things off here if you were a star wars character how would you if and and like the director's like bad news sort of like jj to greg rumberg you gotta die (laughs) how would you want your character to go out um all right well we were just talking about anime so i'll bring a little anime into it um Dragon Ball Z, my favorite character is Trunks. Um, And uh, my screen name, Myra Trunks, right? That's that character. Um, One of the coolest moments in the series, in my opinion, is we just spent like a hundred episodes of the main character trying to beat this bad guy. He was so impossible to beat. He just kept coming back, coming back. He was more powerful, more powerful, more powerful. And then... After everything was done, he shows back up as like a robot character and they're like, oh my God, he's still alive. And then out of nowhere, this other character walks just like into the, in, you know, through the dust or whatever. And he's this, this person and he, he powers up and he's way, he's just immediately way more powerful than, than this other bad guy. And he shows his power by ending this person in one foul swoop. He just comes up right behind him. The guy turns around and he takes his sword and goes. And you want to go out. Yeah. And it cuts to his vision and you see the person standing there with the sword like drawn and then the screen like splits. Mm. (laughs) And then it shows him with a cut down his is his like whole body. So I was like, man, that's just like one of the craziest scenes that uh, I uh, like craziest deaths. Like, oh, my God, I can't believe that happened. So I would think it'd be really cool to be for a long time, a pivotal character um, that uh, that it just is inevitably never going to die. And then just have some Jedi show up and I'll be like, I've dealt with Jedi before. You are no problem to me. And have this person be so powerful that in just one quick second, they just like right up to me and just slice me right down the middle. Be so awesome. I like that. That'll be one that fans would like probably watch a lot and like joke about. I think they'd get the homage too. Yeah. Be like, oh man, that's cool. Oh yeah, that's a good one. Um, I would say for me, if I was like, an imperial officer, like a known name, like officer number five, I'd want one of those funny deaths where like Han Solo throws like a box of tools at me and I fall over a railing. So people like <laughs> people always talk about that guy in Return of the Jedi in the bunker. I think it might even been Ben Burt who played the character. Like that guy fell off the railing because Han Solo threw a box of hammers at him. That's hilarious. Or like the guy who's like ship crashes into 
another ship and he just his hologram disappears in empire like one of those but if i was a lead like a main character you, you want to be a wilhelm scream guy i could do a wilhelm scream guy <laughs> yeah I, I, that'd be amazing <laughs> ah! Are you kidding? yeah <laughs> yeah like you know that famous scream in all these movies like i got to do that um but if i was a main character i i think i would like the dialect yoda which is just like really old and like you're like sort of like tired and you're like under a blanket and someone you care about's with you and you just sort of like go and you're like it's on your terms in a sort of way i think i would want to do that um so that's my answers i want to know what everyone else thinks about that except lacy lacy does not like talking about death (laughs) but um let i did warn her about one of our will of the force topics as you know so uh, we're going to go up with that now. But James, why don't we get into it? Let's get into Will of the Force. Right. Love it. I fear nothing for all this as the Force wills it. That's right. Will of the Force this week. Um, you know, tough choices are about to be made here on Will of the Force. We're going to pitch some questions and guess whether something will or will not happen in Star Wars. But in addition to those questions that we come up with, our Patreon supporters also are able to submit questions to the topic via patreon uh you know uh so they uh send them in and we take them and we pick them out and we say hey commander mike Wrangle, you get to be on the show this week with one of your questions uh mike wanted to know kicking it off with the first one here regarding concern for mando jumping to film in comparing the lore, history, and homework needed these days when a new Marvel film is released, will people have an easier time jumping into a Mando film than going to see a new MCU one? So the question, just to summarize really here, is sometimes with Marvel it can be really complicated to, to understand what's going on leading up to the release of a film. Do we think that The Mandalorian being a television show first is going to have that difficulty uh, where fans say, I didn't see the first one. I don't know what's going on. I'm not going to go see that movie. What do you think, John? I think there's two sides to this. One that supports Mando, one that supports Marvel. I think the Marvel element will always have in its back pocket the history of the comics, cartoons, other iterations of movies where, yeah, the lore and stuff is important, but people will be like, Oh, it's a Spider-Man movie. I know Spider-Man. I'm going to go watch Spider-Man or, you know, whatever. Um, Mandalorian doesn't have that. Um, So that's a point for Marvel. But on the other hand, with Mando, you just like you can just jump in and, and try to just catch up on the Mando story and not even worry about the other stuff that's outside of it that to 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 a point where even if with all the history of star wars if you wanted to just jump into star wars you could probably jump right into the mandalorian and not feel too behind or anything you just go on this journey with this character and evolve with him uh as as he evolves on screen before our eyes and humanizes himself so i i'm gonna say i i think they would have an easier time if it is for lore focus to jump into mando because i think the way marvel has laid itself out and they connect everything you won't get the full experience if you don't backstory yourself the way you would if you leaped into mando from page one or scene one so i'm gonna say 
by a bit, Mando would be easier. So my answer to this is actually that there that it's it's not a total fair question to say that the MCU has all of this lore that you need to learn before you go into a movie because there are multiple kinds of um, Marvel movies. And just to you know make it very black and white, there's a big difference between an audience going to see Captain Marvel, not the Marvels, Captain Marvel, the first one, you know, or a, or a Thor, you know, right? Just the single off one-off movie versus an Endgame or something or any one of these Avengers movies. You probably wouldn't want to go see an Avengers movie if you haven't been watching that phase leading up to it, right? But if you just want to jump into any one of these Shang-Chi or something like that, that's going to be what the Mandalorian is. I think that the Mandalorian is going to make sure that um, even though they've had the show, they are going to treat it as though it is uh, an entry film. And what I would, I, I might be saying the same thing when we get there eventually, but you know, if they do have this like Dave Filoni culmination, multiple series come together, that might be more of the Avengers where like, we're hoping you watched all the shows and paid attention leading up to this. I do not think Mandalorian is going to be that. I think that it is going to be a straightforward standalone. You do not have need to see the series. So right. I hope that answers the question, Mike. Thank and you, I hope Mike. that uh, I hope that's good for everybody too. I hope like it's, and, I hope nobody's disappointed if it does turn into something where it's like, where was the payoff for me spending three seasons with the Mandalorian? None of none of the show ended you know in the movie or anything like that so we'll see. Uh, i don't know if he's in our discord yet because he just signed up we got to get him in there but uh thanks for signing up man appreciate the support and yeah very tough question to kick it off so thank you man yeah that's true yeah um we got another one here of the officially announced or at least confirmed by the filmmaker kind of situation <laughs> movies uh that weren't showcased at star wars celebration 2023 which of these do you think are is most likely to be made john um there's the lando movie uh which is of course written by donald and stephen glover so they're working on it directly uh there's the sean levy movie there's the taika watiti movie and there's the ryan johnson movie while you're thinking it over i think the most likely one to be made is the sean levy movie um is that uh, by your face? I'm saying. I'm assuming that's not the answer you're expecting. Well, no, no. Go on. I, 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 I fin- yeah. Finish your answer. I, okay. I think it's the Sean Levy movie because to me he is um, probably the most seasoned out of everybody. He's been around a very long time making movies that. Um, maybe are not necessarily for everybody, but he like puts it out and it is what it is. And everybody's, you know, it it just, (laughs) I don't know. I I think he's just a very like tried and true filmmaker. And the funny thing about his, uh, situation that we're currently in with him is that he is sort of tied to (laughs) two movies. That's kind of the rumor. So even if one sort of fails, he might get pulled in to, to make a movie. And it, even if the other one is successful, he might just make a standalone movie. So he's the only one here that almost has higher odds just based on that alone. Um, but what do you think? Which one do you think will get made? 
when the levy breaks um <laughs> i no I, I i smiled because i just realized you picked the the only one that hasn't been officially announced oh <clears throat> yeah but i could add more about the the two of those I, movies i'm like i don't even think are ever going to happen cuz i think they're going to get written off over time i i i i agree with what you're saying there but i I'm also saying Sean Levy's movie. I think, you know, with Wolverine, Hugh Jackman, and, you know, I feel like Ryan Reynolds is still like a big draw. I, I think Deadpool 3 is going to crush. I think even though the, the landscape of the of the movie industry is bleak and, and lesser less and less movies are doing well, like there are still, you know, big ones like Oppenheimer and Barbie, but it's not the way it was a few years ago. Um, who knows if that changes, but I think that's gonna be one of those movies this year that's people are gonna be like, man, Deadpool three crushed people, man. So I I think that's gonna be a good sign and break the curse that you like to put out there about, you know, they get people in and then they put a stinker out. Uh, so but but then again, uh, part of like the opposite of what I'm saying is like Sean Levy might be working on this movie puts out Deadpool 3. It doesn't crush. Well, that's what I'm saying. I think suddenly, I know, yeah. So So I think I think it is going to be the Sean Levy one, even though that's the only one that hasn't been officially announced. I think that's the most likely we'll see made. I do think we are going to get the Lando movie. I don't know where they're going to fit that in or how that's going to happen, but why would they why would Steven Glover come out and say we're doing it as a movie now? if it's still not very much in motion, you know? So I think that's going to happen. I think that's going to be as close as we're ever going to get to a solo two at this point. Um, so maybe there's a chance Alden pops up in there with Chewy. I think that'd be awesome. So I'm rooting for that. And I'm not here saying I'm rooting against any of these, but the question is, which one will we most likely see? I think it's Sean Levy. The interesting thing also too, about that Donald and Stephen Glover thing to add one more thing is that they were working on a show now they're working on a movie, and I think that's telling of maybe what was going on at Disney Plus and like what we've been hearing over the course of like, mm-hmm. oh, uh, we're done with movies. Disney Plus is the future, and then now it's sort of like, and, oh, we'll get back to you on what shows are coming out. You should be looking at our theatrical movies. It's like, so yeah. they seem to be in the conversation of like, do you guys still want to do a show? Like, or we would rather you not do a show because we might be moving away from that, but we really want you to do it. So can you rework it as a movie? And they're like, yeah, sure. Yeah. And they weren't attached for, for to write. It was just Donald Glover was going to star. The like the original writer was jettisoned. So clearly there is movement here. Um, and hopefully good movement. But yeah, I'm still yeah. I still think Sean Levy has a rising star happening here with Lucasfilm. We'll see. All right. Are you the next person who submitted a question to Will the Force? If your name is Kibbles and Siths, then yes, hey. you are. Commander Kibbles and Siths sent us in a question, and we're going to answer it right now. Will Finn have a large role in the new Ray movie? John, what do you think? Big time. I think Boyega is coming back. I think that announcement will happen this year. I hope it isn't leaked first, but I probably will be not leaked, but like a trade will report it or something. Right. Um, but I, I think he's coming back and I think he's coming back in a big way. Um, and it's going to involve the force, some lightsaber stuff. 
Uh, and I think he'll be excited to return because him and Daisy really have a very good relationship too. So she's so on board. I think that's that would help there too. And I also think it would just be a little... It would be a little odd if she's the only one to come back because then it would be like, well, you know, where's Finn now? What's he doing? Then they have to write some book about how he's running a deli somewhere in, in the other galaxy, you know? So... Mm-hmm. I I think he is coming back, and I don't think Boyega would return just for a sort of cameo type of thing. I think Oscar Isaac maybe would, you know, show up early, sacrificial lamb uh, to kick things into high gear. But Finn, I think, will have a big role upon his return, so I do think that's going to happen. Yeah, I'm 100% actually with you on this. Um, is this three out of three, then? Are <laughs> uh, <laughs> on everything? <laughs> Did you you land on Mando on the first one? That Mando would be easier? I think you did. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. 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 Um, So the thing about Finn being a a Jedi is I actually think that... um, No, sorry. The thing about him being in the movie is I think it's as simple as saying, we're going to make you a Jedi. Um, I think that he... Like there's there's more to the story I know, but I think that part of the story that we heard was just like he was sort of under the impression that JJ's story was that's where we were gonna go, and it didn't go that way. And he was kind of like, oh man, I was sort of misled. I kind of like not that I wouldn't have done it, but I was kind of hoping that that's the direction I would go. So when JJ came back, he sort of like fixed that. And I think this is like the number one way to get him back beyond uh, a paycheck. You know, like we'll pay you $20 billion to be in the movie. He'd probably do it. Um, But at the end of the day, like, I think like if you want to win him over personally and say like, we want to get you back on board, we want to tell you what it's going to be and and have you just know in full confidence that that is in fact what's going to happen. Like, I think you can win him over by being like, no, it's going to be you and Ray and you guys are going to be force users and you're going to go on journeys and you're going to do these things. I I think that wins him over. I I Um, like that, but I don't. I don't want it to be a situation where they need to woo John Boyega back. I want him to want to come back. I don't want it to be a under all these conditions type of thing because I don't think he like that needs to be the case. This isn't like no offense to him. Like he's not Harrison Ford. Like I want him back and I want Finn to have a great big giant role. I like the idea of them pers- further pursuing uh, his force sensitivity from episode nine. Uh, you could even maybe say Force Awakens. You know, he's part of the Force Awakening, but I don't want it to be like, I'll come back, but I have to be the strongest Jedi and I need to do this and that. I, I hope he wants to come back. I hope it's not just on all of his conditions because that would rub me the wrong way a little bit as a fan. Uh, but I, I, see yeah. what, I see what you're saying. I see what you're saying. I don't, yeah, when it comes to that, I don't think that they, I don't think they're writing a story just so that they can get John Boyega back. I think that JJ set it up as you know, he, he should have, and he did that. That is the next logical step. And so when they eventually make that movie, then they're like, Oh good. Cause that's what John wanted anyway, you know? So Mm. it, it all works out. Um, I don't think they're doing it to win him over, but I think that the fact that they are doing it is like, he's like, okay, yeah, cool. You know, that's, that's what I wanted anyway. What color is his lightsaber? By the way, I'm still, I'm torn between two. It will be, it won't be blue. I know that. 
It okay. will not be blue. I'm be torn blue. between blue and what do you think? I think it's going to be green or they follow the pattern of Ray and it's like a new color like orange or, you know, something. Um, they won't do purple because then they'll be like, oh, that's ridiculous. Mace wouldn't do that. And now he has it like, <laughs> I think that would be a bad, weird, bad look. But <laughs> Maybe. I, I thought purple. I thought blue or purple. And I thought the reason they would do purple is is you're thinking of it like in a bad way. Like they're like sticking in with purple. But. But I'm thinking of it of like he would like want to be purple because it's like an empowering thing. Yeah, yeah maybe. Yeah. I just remember when he got cast, they were like, obviously people like thin brained were like, oh, he must be Lando's kid or he's a descendant of Mace yeah. Windu. I'm like, there's other black people in Star Wars, like in the <laughs> in the galaxy. I mean, maybe, yeah, I mean, they need more in the cast. So I get that. But right. in the galaxy, like really? So if they just give him like a purple lightsaber, it's going to like fuel that. Um, and he may feel that way too. I, I guess don't know. that's fair. But I mean, I, yeah, it it, it would green? be like giving a female character a pink lightsaber. Or something. Yeah, I'm saying. Yeah, yeah I'm saying for 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 standard, I would say green because we've already seen him with a blue one. So change that up, change the tone, change the feel, and if not that, uh, a new color we haven't seen. I still say blue or purple, and I land most. It's probably blue. That's All right. Right on. All right. Last question here for Will of the Force so we can move into our discussion. Will Ray ever die on screen in a Star Wars movie? <laughs> is there. <laughs> <laughs> the, the, this is one of these questions I always have trouble with because it's like an ever thing. And it's like, oh my gosh, man, am I even going to be alive when like they're bringing back Daisy Ridley to, to you know, finish out her star Wars career. Well, We're in there. such a different era right now where it's like, you know, Mark Hamill can be in these three movies and then he doesn't have to do anything for 40 years. And then he can come back and do a couple spots, you know? Um, but Daisy Ridley is like, it's been a decade and she's already back at it. And she's still pretty like young Ray, you know, <laughs> unless, Lindelof has his way <laughs> and then we get like old Ray old Ray. I don't know man I think uh I think that Ray eventually will die no I don't I'm taking it back I think she won't ever die on screen I just don't think they'll ever tell that story I don't because think I so think by the time either. I think by the time Daisy is old enough I think the media landscape of how we take in stuff is going to be so different by the time she's that age. You know what's funny? I, I mean, I bet years ago, like if if this if podcasts existed and like it was 1984 or something like that, people would be like, "Will will Luke Skywalker ever die on screen?" Be like, "No, Luke's why would Luke Skywalker <laughs> ever die on screen?" And That's then fair. he they, he died on screen. Yeah, <laughs> if, he, if you can kill Luke Skywalker, you can kill anybody. So. And I know there was like Lindelof was like you're saying floating the idea of like a Helen Mirren playing an old Ray and like yeah, maybe she like dies like Yoda where she's like cool with it. She's under her blanket and the galaxy's safe. That that's a possibility. <laughs> um, but I'm going to say no too because uh, I just uh, yeah, I don't, I don't think they will. So I'm going to say no. So a very boring will the force where we agreed on everything, but that's the way it, and obviously Lacey would say a big no and she would probably be uh, annoyed 
that uh, I wrote this question, but that's how we do it, and that's how we did it. Yep. All right, man. Well, that's going to wrap up Will the Force this week. How about we talk a little bit about Han Solo Let's in our discussion? Fire it up. Obi-Wan once thought as you do. The tragedy of Han Solo. Well, let me get to it. Let me get to it. I know a lot of you are saying this is insane. You're crazy. But the Star Wars sequel trilogy took some major risks in lieu of playing it safe when it comes to the legacy characters. All three of the main characters from the original trilogy died in the sequel trilogy in ways that heavily impacted the story and heavily impacted other characters. Han in The Force Awakens, Luke in The Last Jedi, and Leia in The Rise of Skywalker. But only one of those didn't die with closure or resolution. Han Solo. So let's talk about the tragedy of Han Solo. So James, where where I'm coming from with this, and you know, we don't trade our thoughts before the podcast, so I don't know where you're at with this, but I was just kind of thinking about it because it's always been this hot topic. Either you know, people who don't like the sequels because these characters died, or they do like the sequels, but they don't like how that the characters died, or you know, whatever the situation may be. In my opinion, I liked that they didn't do the sort of reboot of Return of the Jedi where the gang gets together, they once again beat this new threat, even though they're older, and then they all party at the end. I kind of like that these three characters were utilized. They came back and it was great to see them, but sort of utilized in a way to shape and help the new generation of characters. And they all had heavy impacts on that. So with Han, though, like Luke dying, he knew what he was doing. And by the end of it, he's there pretty much meditating, looking at you know, that that beautiful bookend where he's he's there again looking at these twin suns setting and he's there and he accepts becoming one with the force. And it's like this beautiful moment and he accepts his fate knowing that he put everything out there, uh, all of his energy in order to stop Kylo. Um, Leia, same type of thing, but this time she was giving all of her energy to stop Ben, her son, from killing Ray. Uh, so she gave her all knowing that it would probably take her life because she's walking away from everybody. She can probably feel it in herself and she uses all of her energy for one last time to connect with her son. Where Han Solo is out there on that catwalk. He thinks he's connecting with his son. He thinks he's ha- he's finally like going to bring him home. He goes to hand him the lightsaber and the next thing he knows... His son ignites and stabs him through the chest and he falls to his death. Doesn't get any closure. Doesn't get to say goodbye to Chewie. Nothing like that. Han Solo was murdered and he didn't have the type of like ending that we would like to see for a character that we love if they had to die in the story. So I don't know if you're with me on that. To me, it's cut and dry but I know there's different vantage points and things like that. And there are people who, I don't know why they think this way. They think Han like did that on purpose. 
that Han hit the button or something. Oh, right, Han, yeah. Han was not expecting to be killed there. He was there. He thought he was going to bring his son home. He thought he was connecting with him. The helmet came off. He he says, you know, can you help me? And Han's like, yes, I'll do anything. And the next thing he knows, his son kills him. So that is the tragedy of Han Solo in that his he doesn't have a happy ending. And it's clouded by that memory that Kylo has in The Rise of Skywalker. So us on screen, we get to see closure happen between father and son. But that moment's not really happening. That moment's only happening inside Ben Solo's mind. So the true end of Han Solo on screen is on Starkiller base in The Force Awakens. And it is tragic because in that moment, he thinks he actually is, you know, um, redeeming himself to Leia because she, the last thing she said to Han is, if you see our son, bring him home. He's like, I'm going to do it. I got him. The helmet's off. I think he's like finally realizing this. And the next thing he knows, his son kills him. I, <laughs> man, it's tough when you're talking about beloved characters being killed. But I can say that I think that part of the purpose of the sequel trilogy was not um, just to uh, we're going to bring back the name of Star Wars and introduce you to these three new characters, but they wanted it to be stories that connect the old to the new in a passing of a torch sort of way. And they wanted to continue the stories of the characters that are being introduced now and you can't do that if your old characters don't um, die because then they're they're around. You know, it's I, I feel like there there are always going to be situations where like they could have done this thing where um, like Fast and Furious Seven or whatever. Like that character didn't die. They just wrote in a story where like he's like I'm out. And like he just left, you know. Um, but I don't I don't feel like when they're doing that stuff that they are working in the same world that Star Wars has been in for so long. Um <laughs> that I don't think that it really makes a lot of sense to have Han and Leia having just gone through the situation that they did with Kylo Ren and Ben Solo to just sort of like walk away from the whole thing and be like, we're, we're never going to smuggle again. We're never going to lead groups of whatever again. It, it, it sort of would oh, not yeah, feel like, like their characters. Like Han said, I, I went back to the only thing I was ever good at. Yeah. I, and so like, the thing is with me is like, I understand that people have issues with killing off those characters, but I also sort of know that like, once you accept that that's going to do it, then you get into the discussion of like how to do it and how they did it. And did you like the way, like we all know, not we all know, but we all know it has to be done. So how are we going to do it? Um, and then you can get into the discussion of like, well, I like what they did with this person and didn't like what they did with this person. Um, at the end of the day, I actually think that I, I do fairly enjoy 
all three versions um, of their deaths, and I'm glad that they aren't a the same, but they are. They they have different purposes, um, and oh, they have yeah, that's... and they and they died for different reasons, and they died. Um, and that's not the same thing. <laughs> I know it sounds like I'm just saying the same thing. So they died for different reasons. Like Leia died um, to save her son, but that is like a sacrifice. That's like the the method that she did is is different. Her choice is different than the reason she's doing it. Is that kind of meant like so somebody can sacrifice themselves to save the rebellion and somebody can sacrifice themselves to save an individual. Well, that's that's the that's what I'm saying. The difference is like Luke knew what he was doing. He knew he was dying, but he, he did it to himself in, in a sense. And the same with Leia. It was their deaths are very similar in a way. Like, their deaths are very similar, but I'm saying so they both sacrificed themselves. But I think Leia did it to save. Ben and as the last outreach to save her son. So Han died trying to turn his son back to the light. Luke died trying to stop that same son from killing Leia and everyone else when he was in his peak rage. And then Leia died trying to save any final shred of Ben because she knew if he killed Ray, that would have been it. Like there would have been no chance to bring him back. And she also mm-hmm. did it obviously to protect Ray, who she saw as a daughter. So th- it's funny that all three deaths involve Kylo Ren, Ben Solo in different ways, as you say. Right. Um, but Hans is different because the other two knew that they were going to die in, in using all of they had left to connect with Kylo Ren, Ben Solo, in different ways. One in a, you need to stop, I'm here to stop you. Another way, Leia also saying, I need to stop you. But Luke's was like, I'm stopping you to save them. Leia's was, I'm stopping you to save you as much as I am to save Rey. And Han's was just, I need, I want to bring my son home. Han, I think Han had every intention of leaving Starkiller Base. His last thing he said to Chewie was, yeah. here's the detonator, we'll meet back right here. That was the last thing he said to him. The other thing was that is it, it felt to me that like Leia says to Han, if you see our son, convince him to come back. And he's like, oh my God, like I hope I don't see him. You can like tell. he didn't he didn't want to confront. He wanted to go in, he wanted to do what he needed to do and get out there and not have to face the the problem. But when he saw him standing there he was such he was struck with such morality of like no i know i have to confront this no matter the consequences even if it is right. death i think no he knew that result. death was possibly on yes. the table yes but but did it because he he's like i don't think it'll go that far though like he yeah. was brave in that moment because even though he knew 
um, that it was a possibility that he was either going to blow the mission or he was going to get arrested or he was, you know, whatever it was, or maybe even killed. I think no matter the situation, he, he just like willingly went into do into that situation because he knew it was the right thing to do. Mm-hmm. And at the end of the day, like just to kind of jump to it, I just want to kind of get to it. I, I, I like the way that Han was handled because I think like of the other characters sacrificing themselves for the greater good or whatever you want to say, I think it is important to have a story where a pivotal character is murdered as a martyr, as a, as a symbol of like either how violent or evil somebody else is that they were willing to kill this person. Um, uh, and at the same time, we're we're discussing the other side of that, which I like, which is Han didn't want to do it, but his character took over and said, it's the right thing to do, which we know is always what Han does. Yeah. Like, well, um, um, I can't, now I'm blanking on his name. Who writes him? Uh, who wrote Solo? Lawrence Kasdan. Yeah. Kasdan said that one time. It's like Hans, the guy who always does the right thing. And, and to have that situation where even when death was actually on the line, the right thing to do was to confront and just totally give yourself to that effort, the, the good. Yeah. It's, yeah, Han definitely knew that, you know, when, when he's hugging Leia, he has tears in his eyes. And it was actually probably one of the more seriously acted moments uh, since Empire for uh, Harrison in Star Wars. Um, But because he doesn't say anything. She says, if you see our son, bring him home. And her head is in his chest. And he's looking off like, there's a chance I'm not coming home. (laughs) You know? Um, (laughs) But he knew he... like the way I interpret it is Han wanted to do right by Leia and right by his son. Clearly they were estranged, both him and his son and uh, his relationship with Leia. And he knew if he didn't at least try and he went back, everything he would have had even more loss because then Leia never would have forgave him for not trying. And then he wouldn't have been able to forgive himself for not trying to bring his son home. So he knew he had to do it. And the risk is obviously there. He's walking out on a catwalk, you know, uh, and it's like, not to bring too much humor into it, but it is Star Wars. Like I was thinking about that line in A New Hope, uh, which sort of foreshadows his own death in a weird way in a different context. But if you take the quote just as a quote, he says, Attacking that battle station is not my idea of courage. It's more like suicide. It's oh, like yeah. he ends up going to this battle station to attack it, literally with Chewie with the detonators, and he leads himself to his own death. That's yeah, that's funny. I never thought about that, but it's kind of similar to Mark's. Like this wasn't totally intentional. The like, what do you want me to do? Face down the whole first order with a laser sword? Uh, I mean, and it's like by the end of the movie, he faces down the whole first order with the laser sword. The laser sword. Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah, so that, I mean, that's the thing that will always bother me about Han, just from a character perspective. From a movie and story perspective, it's great. One, because you know 
Harrison probably didn't want to come back to do another movie in full. Yes, he came back for the cameo for episode nine. That's, you know, a couple hours on set probably. But they knew it was a one-shot deal with him. Lawrence Kasdan writing it um, with J.J. And what it does for the character of Kylo Ren. It's this new villain. How do you follow up Darth Vader and believe the the new evil? You have this kid kill his own father. And that father happened to be one of the most popular characters in cinema history. Possibly mm-hmm. the most popular character in Star Wars history. That'll Which get Adam Godfather. Driver still deals with today. Yeah. You killed Han Solo. Right. Uh, so that's that that I get. And that was a smart move from that perspective. But in story is what I'm talking about with the tragedy of Han Solo. And it's just there's something that always bothers me about in whether it's real life or in stories when a character doesn't know that their life's about to end but we sort of know it. And it's like, we're screaming at the TV, like Han, but run back, run, run Han, you know? And uh-huh. he's there. And I think the worst part of it is that Kylo's like, he takes his helmet off and he's like, I know what I have to do, but I don't know if the strength, to, if I have the strength to do it. And he, which of course he's talking like, about leaving the first order, right? Yeah, exactly. So Kylo's clearly talking about, I don't know if I have the strength to kill you, but Han's yeah. thinking he's saying, "I don't have the strength to 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 go back." Yeah. And so they're both on two separate wavelengths right now, and Han is really thinking he's connecting with him. He takes the helmet off. What do you think you'll see? The face of my son, and it is. He's not scarred or anything. It's the pure face of his son as he remembered him, and he says, "Will you help me?" And he says, "Yes, anything." And he gives him the lightsaber, and then that's when all of a sudden the tension starts happening. The the the, the sun fades out because the the weapon uh, sapped all of it, and so the spotlight of the sun is gone. It's pure darkness, only red. You have Chewie watching, just the whole thing. Even Chewie's like anguish scream after Han gets killed and he shoots Kylo in the hip uh, is just. Brutal, maybe even worse than when he falls to his knees when he hears Leia dies because he's actually seeing Han get murdered. Han was murdered. Like it, it's it's this tragic thing. Like it, for Star Wars, it's it's the death of John Lennon. You know, it's like here's a guy who you know thinks he's helping a fan and gets shot in the back. It's like Han Solo thinks he's helping his son. He gets murdered. It's just and then he just falls to his death. It's just this. It's just this horrible ending because. Han had so much more things he wanted to do to make things right in his life. And he was starting to get there. You know, he's got this new mentor in Ray, and like he offers her a job and like he's got Chewie, his, his, his best friend still with him after all these years, he's gotten out of so much trouble, gets his ship back, starting to patch things back up with Leia and thinks he has a shot to really become the hero to his family. The way he was the hero to the galaxy and it just got taken from him just like that by his own son. I mean, it's the most Shakespe- one of the most Shakespearean things in Star Wars. That's why like the word tragedy came to my mind because you know, tragedy does have its own literal like connotation when you think of the word, but in the way of telling a story, a tragedy tale, uh, this falls right in line with that. And when I juxtapose that against the deaths of Luke and Leia and how they both sort of not took themselves out but they knew what was going to happen in the way they used the rest of their life force um 
it's just it's just brutal to think about Han's death in that way. And it just it'll never sit right with me because I'm like Han like, Han's death. He yeah, he just from a story perspective, because I don't like that Han didn't expect to die in that moment. He knew there was a chance, of course, but I think he really thought it was going the right way. And that's what makes it so tragic. It's just so sad. Especially because it's my favorite character, too. So, all right. So here's a, here's another thing is that we have this interesting perspective of like, we watch the filmmaker, filmmakers uh, watch us talk about it. And then they recreate and they shaped and then we got episode eight, episode nine and, and it sort of shaped the story or whatever. And that is interesting because we're outside of that bubble, but in, in the bubble of just like, just imagining this, the story that happens between seven, eight, nine, I'm, I'm very curious as like, what if, cause I, I think that what Han is doing in that moment, I talked about it earlier, is this act of courage um, that he knows that death could be on the table or some type of bad thing, including like just, you know, the the mission like falling apart and them not being able to stop Starkiller Base or something like that. But regardless, the right thing to do is to go out and talk to his son. And if he doesn't do that, if he then just turns around, goes and finishes the mission and it goes on, then I think that you do have a storyline where Kylo Ren is Kylo Ren forever. And I think the, yeah, yeah. one of the most interesting aspects that people don't necessarily like, because I have to admit, like I was on board, like after watching episode eight, I was like, I want episode nine for it to be like, Kylo man, die, die a villain. But if I think about it from that perspective and I back out, I think that if they did go that course, then it makes Han's death feel less. Yeah. Oh yeah. I agree. Because the way that it is right now, when you, when you step back and you look at the, the, the thing, if Han turns around and just goes and finishes the mission, then Kylo Ren is lost forever. But because he takes the step up in that moment and because he goes out there, it results in his death. He lost the battle, but he won the war for everybody else because that moment is the moment that cracks his um, like dark side yeah. facade. It split yeah. him. And, and, and Snoke noticed that and he said it. Ryan obviously makes it very evident. He tries to he tries to do what he can to make Han's death justified because he says, you know, um, we lost this great character. And if I just lean into Kylo Ren being bad forever, then Han Solo was lost for no reason. So clearly what I think JJ is trying to say is this is the moment when we have this character who is so, so evil. How do you win him back over? It's like, you take that step of courage. You walk out onto the platform. You say, Ben, like, I'm here. Come and talk to me. I've got things to say to you. Even if death is on the table, even if you die, that step of courage is the thing that eventually will save the galaxy. 
and it makes Han's death worth it when we do get to nine and he then has to turn around and look at his father and, and they both come to that same realization, realization, like you did it. You actually, you did everything that happened between me and you. It finally led to this. And now I have to just admit that you were right, dad. And I'm going to throw the lightsaber away and I'm going to go be good again. I, yeah, I, I agree. I, you know, I was torn about oh, what should they do with Kylo Ren because you know the Vader redemption thing, and we've seen that so much in Star Wars and in in other stories. And he just did so many despicable things that I was like, man, they really like they really leaned into him just going full evil. And I know that was the original plan with Colin Trevorrow, but then yeah, when you do th- like when when I think about yeah Han's death, like. It just would have felt worse if there wasn't some sort of comeback from that. And JJ, I mean, it's clear when he shot that, they immediately go to his face after he kills Han. And he has this look on his face and he turns his head and he's clearly sensing Leia. This is uh, Kylo Ren, I'm saying. He's sensing Leia, her pain. Because then it goes immediately from his face looking off as though he's like sensing someone to her grabbing her chest and he sees the pain he caused felt the pain he caused in her and that i think is what really messed him up um so it it is like it is a very sad moment in star wars which is funny because everyone thinks of tfa is like it's the feel-good one it's the fun one that i mean that's the darkest moment it maybe in in at least a top three darkest moment in Star Wars. I know there's plenty of others. I don't want to say it's the top because then someone will be like, how could you say that's the top when did, blank isn't? But Did we do an episode on betrayal? Yeah, I think we did. I mean, we're, we're coming up on 700. So, <laughs> <I'm>, <laughs> but, uh, I, I feel the- like, as like, it might be the biggest, biggest showcase of betrayal because... Everybody else who's ever betrayed anybody in Star Wars, if I'm not just right off the top of my head, is usually like a friend or someone who you thought was helping you and they betrayed you for whatever reason. But this is the only one that's like, I think this is the only time where we've actually seen a family member go through with the process of killing another family member. Am I wrong on that? Um... I don't want to say because I don't want to like. Yeah, but there might be another one. But I, but right off the top of my head at the moment, please if, if, go ahead. Feel free to hit me up at Myra Trunks <laughs> on Twitter. <laughs> you know, let me know if um, I'm forgetting one. But An- Anakin killed Shmi. No, I'm kidding, kidding. Um, <laughs> but yeah, we did an episode t- a little over two years ago. How betrayal impacts the characters and story of Star Wars. Yeah, I rem- and I remember we talked about like Lando and stuff. We probably talked about this. When did you say it was two years ago? A little over two years ago, yeah. Yeah, so we obviously talked about Force Awakens, I'm sure. But and and anyway. Rise of Skywalker and all that. But yeah, so I mean, yeah, to close it out, um, I just thought it was in- interesting to think about because I don't think when people think of Han Solo, they think of his story as a tragedy. His ending is certainly a tragedy and uh, just tragic in general doesn't mean his whole story is it is like that's why 
you know, when people always talk about solo, and I, I've sort of said this, I'm sure, plenty of times, it's always like, oh, it's a fun romp and stuff like that. I'm like, yeah, but it also really opens another window into like this guy's loneliness and like how he didn't really have a lot. He came from nothing. And he's like, I don't have family in solo. He's like, I don't have a family. I, you know, I come from nothing. I don't have anybody. And then he dies trying to save his only son. And his son is the one who kills him. It's just, it's, it's, it's supremely tragic and so sad. But to the point you threw out there that I do agree with, um, is that if Ben didn't return, um, in some way, then it would have just stung way worse because then it would have been for nothing. So, right. Um, I think. I think one way to look at this too, if anybody is having trouble with, with that is that there is sometimes hope in certain people's death. And I mean, you can look back at historical events. I don't want to get into like specifics, but um, I even recently listened to a podcast where there was one specific event of like, this was happening a lot. Like people were dying regularly. And then it wasn't until like this one person died that, suddenly for whatever reason they that death became the poster child for this is a problem we have to fix i and I, they don't know that the per, the person's dead they died but they don't know that after their death they become the the face of the change that needs to take place and uh and j- to give a uh like a fictional example and maybe it's not even a, a perfect one but like it'd be like tom and mark Thomas and Martha Wayne, like they died a very tragic death. It was stupid. It was dumb. Like it wasn't a major villain. It wasn't anything crazy. It wasn't even anybody that even really knew who they were. They were just shot in an alley. But what it did is it caused Bruce to, to figure out how to take care of the crime in the city. You know what I mean? It becomes a symbol of good and it all happens. It all comes back to this moment where like this bad thing happens and they don't know it, but it does break Kylo Ren and cause him over the long run to be like, what am I doing? Well, yeah, here's, here's another example. Obi-Wan. If you strike me down, I shall become more powerful than you could possibly imagine. Then he helps Luke blow up the Death Star. I mean, everything changed with Obi-Wan's death, even though, you know, that's sad. Not as sad as Han's because we had just met Obi-Wan. And and he's sort of still around. That's another tragic element of Han. Han doesn't get to show up as a ghost and look at how everybody's happy. He's just dead. Right. Um, But I'm going to just throw this out there as my final point. I don't think... Ben Solo comes back if he didn't murder Han Solo, because that's that's my point. <laughs> I know, but, but <laughs> okay, yeah. but if he bring if he so let's say he goes with him, and he's like, right. you're right, I'm throwing this all away. I don't think that's, I don't think anything changes, and I think he's still the darkness still consumes him. I don't think. Oh, I think. Because he you're thinking of it sort of the opposite, like yeah. instead of my 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 illustration is if Han walked away, here's what would happen. Your illustration is if Kylo went with Han, yes, this is still, what would happen. He still would have went down the dark path. I think him killing Han and him physically sensing and feeling Leia's pain 
changed everything and already started his path back to the light. And Snoke sensed it, which means Palpatine sensed it. And everything that happened thereafter, even though he did horrible things to keep trying to prove to himself he was with the dark side, wasn't enough. And it was Leia's final push at the end that tipped him over. So it was like Han's death started his redemption. If he doesn't kill Han Solo there, if Han doesn't go to confront him, or if he go leaves with Han, Kylo Ren dies a villain. I think he stays on that path. If someone else killed Han, I think the moment he killed his father and felt the pain that his mother felt and then the regret of having done it, that started the redemption that never would have happened if that moment didn't happen. Yeah, I don't disagree. Still tragic for Han, though. You know, but yeah, it's wild to take a because um, Han doesn't get to see such a wide character. angle macro view of that story. Yeah. Because yeah. I think most of the time we just kind of think of Han's contribution to the sequel trilogy as like, oh, he was fun, and then he was murdered, and then he shows back up as a memory, and it's like that feels very sad like there was a sad loss but i challenge anybody to not take into consideration that he has a bigger um role whether he knows it or not in yeah. the sequel trilogy yeah and you know he died and not he died seeing his son as a, as a villain he 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 didn't get the chance to see his son come back and he he would never knew that you know so that sucks too, but mm-hmm. um, at least the audience knows uh, that it was for good in a in a weird way. Um, so that's that on that. Uh, so uh, we want to know what you think about that conversation, uh, the tragedy of Han Solo, uh, the impacts it had on the story, how it was used as a storytelling device, um, all aspects of it. Let us know what you think in the comments or on social media or shoot us an email, Patreon, Discord, wherever. Let's uh, continue that conversation down the road, of course. But we hope you enjoyed this episode and this conversation. And thanks for watching, listening, being a part of TRB. Uh, the Resistance broadcast is here for you twice a week. Um, but as James said at the top, if you would like more, patreon.com slash resistance broadcast. If you just want to support the pod, five bucks a month, it goes a long way. Uh, maybe Netflix is is ticking you off and you're, you're tired of this $20 a month for junk on there and you want to say, you know what? I want to support a small podcast. I'm going to throw five bucks to TRB. Uh, I thought you were going to go with Peacock. Oh, more. yeah. Well, 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 well who, Recent, well, pick right? one. But uh, <laughs> yeah, go to patreon.com slash resistance broadcast. Uh, we have a lot of exclusive stuff on there. Mini episodes, uh, some polls. We have a Discord server. Uh commentaries all sorts of cool stuff on their uh exclusive videos check it out at least and if you can support us um thank you if not totally cool because uh, the podcast like i said twice a week so make sure you're subbed on your favorite podcast app if it has a rating system please consider rating us five stars and leaving a review that'd be awesome and of course the youtube channel let's keep trying to get those subscriber numbers up at youtube.com slash at the resistance broadcast um and then a special thank you uh, for our Patreon generals and spice runners. Uh, Carmelo, John Reese, Jetta Rosewater, Frank Grande, Nick Kratz, Chris Morales, Brian Smith, Matt Chitty, Danny, Mike Ramori, 
Brendan McLaughlin, Sneaky Zebra, Colin Cormier, and Dave Hornack. And the Spice Runners, David Probus, Neil Shaw, Kendall Gellner, Andrew Staley, Jeremy Myers, and the Fort Worthian. And all of our patrons, all of our listeners, all of you are part of the TRB community. And we thank you very, very much. Uh, hit up Lacey on social media at Lacey Gillerin. She'll be back with us on TRB Live Thursday. Uh, for me, Johnny Hoey on social media and my movie podcast, just like the movies. Uh, we're doing American Pie, the original, next week. Uh, James, how about you? Well, you can find me on any social media platform. Well, not any. I guess the main ones, Twitter uh, and uh, Instagram mostly, uh, at Myra Trunks. All right. Um, we hope everybody has a great week, and we'll see you Thursday night on TRB Live right here on the Resistance Broadcast. We'll see you around, kids.